0: From Digitiki.com.
1: The professor has been turned into a zombie.
2: Oh, how terrible, a zombie. Oh,
1: Thurston! Yes, yes, my dear, what is it? What's a zombie? What's a zombie? Well, it's uh, rather, you see, you take five jiggers of rum and then some <laughs> cooling ice and
2: <laughs> Why do you ask? Well, the professor's just been turned into one. Oh, well, let's go see. Maybe we could do something to help.
1: Yes, we could bring a couple of tall glasses. I...
0: Welcome to the Quiet Village. Welcome back for another visit here at the Quiet Village. I am your host, Digitiki, coming to you direct from Digitiki.com, broadcasting in the heart of the Quiet Village. And this episode is another Halloween episode. This is actually the zombie episode. And joining us a little bit later on will be the one, the only, the Indiana Jones of Tiki Drinks. Mr. Jeff Beach Bumberry to talk about his new book that's coming out very soon as well. Uh, The main reason is to talk about The Zombie Cocktail. So we're doing a zombie show. Also, throughout the show, interspersed, I'm going to have audio snippets from uh, ...a zombie mixing that my good friend Eric October, who's been on the show many times, great artist, also designed the logo for The Quiet Village. Uh, him and his partner Manuel, we got together and did a zombie tasting where we mixed all six versions uh, that were in Jeff Beachbumberry's books... I think most of them were in the Sip and Safari book. Some of them were in uh, one of his other books as well. We got all the recipes we could and we mixed every single zombie and we tried them. And let me tell you, we have just now recovered from that. That was rough because if you're not familiar with what a real zombie is... A zombie cocktail typically has an ounce and a half or an ounce of an amber rum, an ounce and a half or an ounce of dark rum, and then an ounce or an ounce and a half of 151 proof rum. So believe me, you will be feeling like a zombie after one of those. And we will be talking all about the zombie cocktails. But for right now, I am going to get into some zombified tunes. And I got the perfect track to kick it off from Martin Denny's Hypnotique album. Here is Voodoo Dreams, right here on The Quiet Village. Right there, you have it—the perfect tune to kick us off—a track called "Voodoo Dreams" by Martin Denny from his album *Hypnotique*. Now, let's move into "Zombie Tasty." That's right. I'm going to give you a brief history of the zombie, really quick, before we go any further. The zombie was created by Don the Beachcomber. He's the guy who invented it, the guy who started Don the Beachcomber restaurant, who basically invented tiki cocktails. And it dates back to 1934, maybe even earlier than that. And it put Don the Beachcomber on the map. And if you've been into any bar, you can probably order a zombie in just about every bar. But it's not a real Don the Beachcomber zombie, a real Zombie is an incredibly complex flavored cocktail with herbal notes and, and different rums mixed to make very a very uh, refined cocktail. And make no mistake about it. It is called a zombie for a reason. It's very, very strong. The original 1934 zombie has uh, three ounces of rum plus another ounce of 151 proof rum so that's that's quite a lot if you want the actual 1934 recipe you can actually get it from digitiki.com and on the home page if you scroll down in the right hand side the green sidebar scroll down i have some drink recipes there i have the 1934 zombie it contains lime juice falernum uh jamaican rum Gold Puerto Rican rum, 151 Demerara. Demerara is very important. Uh, It also includes Angostura bitters, Herb Saint, or Pernod. And if you're not familiar with those, they're basically versions of absinthe. They're uh, strong anise-flavored liqueurs. And grenadine. It also contains something called Don's Mix, which is a a classified ingredient. Uh, Jeff Berry managed to... uh, figure that out through his detective work. It's grapefruit juice and cinnamon syrup. So if you want to know how to mix a zombie cocktail, go to uh, digitiki.com or definitely buy one of Jeff Barry's books, preferably the um, Sip and Safari, which has several different versions. So I got together with Eric October, wonderful friend of mine and amazing artist. Uh, he designed the Quiet Village logo. If you got the Mai Thai glasses or the shirts, he designed that. Um, I got together with him, his partner Manuel, and myself. We we mixed up. Actually, we mixed up six different zombie recipes. We compared them, and they were all from uh, Jeff Berry's books. Uh, most of them from Sip and Safari, and we had a wonderful time. You know, I told you the ingredients of the 34. I'm not going to go deep into, into the how to make it because I'd really like you to get Jeff Berry's books, but I'll give you the ingredients for the 1950 zombie. It's quite different, and it was also from Don the Beachcomber. He was constantly changing his recipes and tinkering with them. And the, the 1950 zombie is very different. It's lemon juice, lime juice, pineapple juice, passion fruit syrup, Light Puerto Rican rum, gold Puerto Rican rum, and of course 151 Demerara. And this time, a teaspoon of brown sugar and Angostura bitters, which so it's quite different from the other one. So we got together and we mixed both of these. uh, Actually, we mixed all six, but we started with these two and uh, we went about tasting them. Oh my god, it's full, full, full. <laughs> okay, and do the same, mint and the cherries. Yes. And there we are. 1934 and 1950 side by side. Let's toast. And then this shall we toast? This is how we do it. Okay. Oh,
3: we'll toast one yeah. and they are all They're gorgeous, wait. aren't they? That's the only one that's not This is the 34 Man and this one, is the 50. Hold that one. Laura, come on here and hold this one. We're going to toast together. Look how it's frosting.
2: <laughs>
3: dun, dun,
0: dun. To Dawn. Dawn! Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. Okay, okay, now... Wow, that's potent! <laughs> that is potent! Wow! Well... There's... There's how much liquor in that one? Uh, let's see... Three ounces,
3: and one of the ounces is 151. Okay. No, this one has more. It has an ounce and a half. Thing, right? oh, okay. An ounce
0: right. and a half of Jamaican rum. Right?
3: So this drink has an ounce more alcohol than 1950. That's
0: that's why, that's why they they did. Don the beachcomber limited it to only two per customer. Uh, that's yeah.
3: why it's a zombie. I predict you'll wake up
2: completely <laughs> restore
3: tomorrow. So here we go.
0: From nineteen fifty. It's like a completely different cocktail. Completely different cocktail. You can really taste that passion fruit in there. Mm-hmm. It's a little drier. Yeah. You know dry, what? I like this, but now I'm kind of going back to the 34. I, I kind of like. It. You know what? It'd be perfect if you just mix them all together. <laughs> What's 1934 plus 1950? 1984?
2: 1984. <laughs> <A> 1984. 1984. A 1984 1984-something. <laughs>
0: 1956, and a simplified, modern, beach pump berry. Yes. Uh, 2007. 2007. 2007 okay. Wow. So, here is 56. Oh. oh, that's good. It mm. says 1956. That's pretty refined tasting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I like that I mean, one. It's a very comer, smooth. Maraschino, Maraschino liqueur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's from his Waikiki restaurant. Uh-huh. After the divorce, he couldn't open Adama Beachcombers on the mainland. Is that why? Uh-huh. <gasps> I had no idea.
2: His wow. wife got
0: control of the franchise. Uh-huh. But the settlement was he could open one anywhere except in the United States. Mainland. So he moved to Waikiki. and He, he started the, the... He was the one who founded the Hawaiian Marketplace. Oh, the International Marketplace? International Marketplace. It's there because Don the oh, the Beach Beachcomber put it there. Okay. Dive in. This is the Simplified 2007, 2007. from Jeff Beachcomberi. Hmm. Even that one's quite different, isn't it? I can really taste the cinnamon. This one. Maybe because they're not mixed together. It's very tropical tasting, though, isn't it?
2: I love it's a cinnamon sandwich.
0: I
1: really—it's
0: very good. The ratio is the same, though.
3: Is it? Yeah, it's one ounce of grapefruit juice to half an ounce of cinnamon syrup, so two to one.
0: So that would be the Don's mix. Yeah, it's
3: interesting. interesting. So why? What? Hmm. Well, there, what other? Oh, there are probably flavors missing. Uh,
0: There's no the falernum problem. and no, no, terno. no, no. Uh and no or Maraschino. No
3: so all those, all those other notes. But that's a missing. really
0: nice tasting. drink. So,
3: so the other spice, the only spice in there then is the cinnamon. So just the anise and the herbal. Think. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's no bitters.
0: No bitters. Oh yeah. So all the really herbally stuff is kind of taken out. I I really do like it. Zombie from 1970. Uh, from the Ron Rico rum company. Oh no, it's
3: 1941. Oh, it's 1941. Okay, sorry. The 1970 <laughs> is the South Seas South restaurant. Seas, okay.
0: There it is. And then let's see.
3: Stir it all up, and then let's have a sip. Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: This one I'm not so sure about.
2: Is that it? Is
0: there anything else in it? Nope. The Hot Zombie by Eric. Or, er, Eric, tastes it first. <laughs> no,
2: it's,
0: it's not that bad. I... I... <laughs> <laughs> it's not
2: bad.
3: No, it's good.
0: It's just... <laughs>
2: it, it's
3: ringing endorsement. Well, I, I, I think I know what you're thinking, because I've had other hot drinks, and you're like, a hot rum drink? That's going to taste terrible. I've had hot rum drinks. And then you kind of, it's like,
2: Oh, that's actually not
0: that yeah. bad. I, I, would, I would almost think it needs more booze. Focusing on that. Hey,
3: how, mm-hmm. much is, how much is it? There's two uh, two only ounces. two ounces. I would
0: almost think it needs uh. 151. Like a half ounce of dark or something in there. But here's a caveat for everybody. Your passion fruit syrup, <laughs> be sure it doesn't say double strength. I think that's what's killing us. Mm. Because it's very passion fruit. And that's why that other drink was so passion fruity. This is the Aku Aku zombie. You're the line guy. You're
3: in charge Lime. of line. You're the Lanie. I just think that Gildon's island episode, where Gildon was like a French guy, oh he called in a dream sequence and he called the professor a Lanie. He was
0: doing Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Marianne, Marianne, Marianne. <laughs> just a minute, I have a few more Marriannes. <laughs> uh, that show is so funny. So- she had rheumatic <laughs> 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 Jeez. Okay.
2: Right.
3: Aku aku, and and, and and zombie South Seas restaurant. South Seas, circa 1970.
2: Okay, here we go.
0: Very sediment.
3: That's interesting. When you have the cinnamon
2: yeah.
3: separate from the Don's mix? It's it's good. It's very cinnamon-y. Oh wait, but this has the zombie mix. Which is... Oh, no, this is your zombie mix. Pernod, okay. okay. Entre Falernum, and Granite. Okay. But there's not that much.
0: Yeah. Half a
2: teaspoon. it. It's tasty. Okay! okay. It's, cinnamon. it's very cinnamon.
3: Oh, actually... So now we are trying the South Seas
0: restaurant. South Seas. Okay. 1970. We'll see how the 70s were the <laughs> zombie. South Seas Island. It's a little hollow tasting, isn't it?
2: Wow.
0: It's got a lot of high notes and nothing in nothing like in the middle.
3: Tasting seems to be missing the pineapple. Simple.
0: Mostly. A lot of wine. More about It's It's very citrusy. What kind of booze was in this? Mm -hmm. I believe that was um,
3: amber, uh, Puerto Rican, dark rum, 151. Mm -hmm. This one's got vermouth. Oh, that's the vermouth. vermouth. That
0: might be lost. It's not one of my favorites. (laughs) It doesn't have the complexity or, like, the round flavor that makes any sense. It's not. This is just it's very harsh. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of really bitter things all together. <laughs> Sounds it's it's, it's a bitter. Um, it's bitter. <laughs> so,
3: where... I? I hate life! Uh. <laughs> Where this is it? great for me. Yeah. The South Seas restaurant? This isn't the one on um, Hollywood, Is it? Oh, oh no. that was the
2: Seven Seas. What was the South Seas?
0: Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh. <laughs> there's one in San Diego, there's one in Salt Lake City. Oh. One in Syracuse, New Jersey, Lincolnwood, Illinois, and Honolulu, Hawaii. Honolulu, Hawaii. Okay. Yeah, it says
3: from the South Seas restaurant, Honolulu,
0: circa 1970. Okay, well this one comes from Hawaii. Which wasn't doing too good with the drinks in that. so we're moving on to the last two, right? Which it's are what? Uh, the Tonga. Tung- Tung- Room. Tonga Tung- Room. And then
3: our Queen and of the Zombies.
0: Queen of the Zombies, which is an original. Okay, here we go.
3: This is the, which one? Uh, Tonga. Tung- Tonga Tung- Room.
2: Okay.
0: So, here, so we go. here we go. It's a lot like the South Seas one. It doesn't seem as harsh to me though. As the South Seas, not quite. But it's very close to the South Seas. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it has too much lime in there, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a word for everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. Cut the
0: citrus down, add a little more simple syrup, and maybe just a dash of bourgeon, you're good. <laughs> Okay, last but not least, you know what, I'm going to pause it and go see if I can find a block of ice. Oh, and a chipper. Okay, so now tell us about this one real quick.
3: Uh well, a while ago we were on a syrup creating kick, and we we're like, let's make a syrup out of this, let's make a syrup out of this! And then we happened to come across quince. Quince. Uh, from my parents, they have a quince tree in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, quince. quince, let's make a syrup out of this. And nice. so we made a syrup, and then we're like, okay, well what are we gonna do with it? And then um Quince is very tart. Uh huh. So we thought, oh, well, how about if we substitute quince syrup uh, in recipes that call for lime juice? So then we were like, okay, well, what can we try? And then for some reason, I don't know why, we thought to try, well, let's try it in a zombie. So instead of the lime juice in a zombie, we'll use quince syrup.
0: It's, it's that tart. I'm not familiar with quince, so uh, for me it's. Well,
3: it, it, it's very tart on its own, raw. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: In a syrup,
3: you add sugar, so, you know, for any, like, other sweetness that you would have in the cocktail, like a simple syrup or something, this would, it's a combination of both, of, like, uh, of the lime, the tart of the lime, and the sweet of a simple syrup. Okay. So, uh, so that's... So like
0: a sweet lime. Yeah, so that was kind of our, our
3: departure point. But, actually, um, this is a cocktail that we haven't... Tried in a long time because we haven't had quince to make quince syrup okay. in a long time. So I think actually as we're making this, we might want to. I think maybe we'll, we'll mix it as we originally created it, okay. and then maybe add some stuff, doesn't it? I think we're. I think we're probably going to find it we need something. Okay. Just because you know this is back in our cocktail creation infancy. What do we What do we need uh, Let's see One ounce of dark rum One ounce of amber One ounce of pineapple Well, that's uh, awesome Half an ounce of demerara One Fifty One mm, Yeah Half an ounce Oh Do you have soda water Yeah Okay I think so for nice. Okay And then a quarter of an ounce of mint mm-hmm. syrup. There we go. Order bananas. That's potent stuff, huh? Can I smell yeah. it real quick? Ooh, it smells
0: good. It's almost got like a raisin in kind of mm-hmm.
3: So, those are the ingredients. Nice. Okay. So And then, and then we noodles. just mix
0: with ice. Okay. So, here we are. So let's, uh,
3: let's I would say see. at this point this is probably a work in progress. Okay, so this is Queen of the Zombies, Queen right? Of the Zombies, yes. Because Quince is also known as Queen Queen Anne's apple. Queen, apple.
2: apple, Queen's, Queen's
3: apple. Queen's
0: apple. That's not bad.
2: I remember it's Queen
0: sweet wh- Sweeter. I like that better Credit than stuff? the South Sea <laughs> Zone. <laughs> That's. That's all that
3: was in it. That's interesting. It's interesting. just kind of seems the a while since I've
0: it. There we have it. Our complete zombie <laughs> track <laughs> Zombie A to Z. We should be zombies by now, actually. Actually, after Zombie
3: 1934, was it? All, all the way.
0: All the way to 1934. Oh, you're right. We went all the way back to 1934. 1934. We did.
3: A to, Z. A to Z. Aku 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 Z. Zombie to
1: Zombie 1934. That's A to Z. That's a lot of zombies. That's a lot of
0: alcohol, too. I don't recommend that anybody try this with full zombies. Yes. Or on your own.
3: Please try, try with
0: a group of friends. Right, yes. Yeah. And you gotta have your green and red in your sheet.
2: Yes. <laughs> None of those call
0: for it, but the green maraschinos are awesome. Well, there you have it. There is our complete taste test and mixing test of a whole bunch of different zombies. We have the 19, we started with the 1934 original zombie by Don the Beachcomber. We did the 1950 Don the Beachcomber zombie. As well as the 1956 Don the Beachcomber Waikiki zombie. We did the Hot Zombie, which was uh, from the Ron Rico Rum Company from 1941. Then we did the Simplified Beach Bumberry version from 2007 by Jeff Beach Bumberry, who's coming up in just a minute. And then we did the Aku Aku version of the zombie from the Aku Aku restaurant. The South Seas Zombie, circa 1970 from the South Seas Restaurant, as well as the zombie from the Tonga Room. And then we finished up with Queen of the Zombies, which is made with quince syrup. And I'll actually be putting up the recipe for Eric and Manuel's Queen of the Zombies recipe. And now as part of our zombie special, it's time for our feature presentation. I am with Jeff Berry, better known as Beach Bone Berry. He's the author of um, of many books. He's the authority on vintage exotic cocktails, also known as tiki drinks. Some people call it. Um, he literally wrote the book or books on the subject. He's the author of the seminal Grog Log, which is one of my personal favorites. I use that one. All the time. Uh, he is also the author of Intoxica, Taboo Table, Sip and Safari, which is a wonderful book. I love that book. Uh, Beach Bumberry Remixed. And he's also got a new book coming out. And he is uh, an in-demand mixologist, I guess it's safe to say, around the world. Uh, and I loved this thing. He's called the Indiana Jones of Tiki Drinks. And he is with us in the Quiet Village... Aloha, uh,
1: aloha. Happy to be here.
0: How's that for an intro? Did I I hope I didn't miss anything or too many things.
1: Well, you know, there there was my high school report card. You could have thrown that right. in too.
0: <laughs> well, that was questionable. You know, you know, there was that B minus. I wasn't too sure, but
1: <laughs> that's true. But <laughs> you mentioned it. it was, you did me a favor by not including <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: actually you know i i got you here to talk about the zombie but i want to talk about your new book that you told me about tell tell me about that
1: yeah well the new book the zombie does figure in the new book actually conveniently enough it's called potions of the caribbean 500 years of tropical drinks and the people behind them um a long title but it's also a long book it's the sort of the heaviest thing i've ever done it starts off in 1492 with Columbus and the Caribbean Indians and what they were drinking, and then goes all the way through the centuries up to basically Jimmy Buffett and boat drinks in the uh, late 1990s.
0: (laughs) What were the Indians drinking?
1: Um, They favored this drink called Mabby, M-A-B-Y, which was basically um, they would boil the bark of the ironwood tree in a bunch of spices, and it was sort of almost like a primitive root beer. Hmm. Um, in fact, if you add sugar to what they did, you get a drink that's really popular in the Caribbean today called Malby, M-A-U-B-Y, so we got a recipe for that. And uh, the earliest recipe I have is from uh, 1575, and it's a syphilis cure that the Carib Indians uh,
2: <laughs>
1: used to use. Yeah. I don't know how many people can make it, because you got to have this stuff called poxwood, oh, uh, and you got to, like, boil that for a couple of days, but... Um, but it's in there just in case you you know in case you've been to the wrong part of town and uh, don't want to tell your doctor.
0: <laughs> well, there see, there's another uh, marketing right thing right there. You could poxwood syrup for your cocktails.
1: Yeah, holistic <laughs> medicine for social diseases.
0: Absolutely. Well, I have to tell you, uh, you you sent me the little blurb about the book and uh, a cover shot. and the cover, I love the cover because it looks like a book that's vintage. It, it looks like one that's been in a library for a while. So I hope that's going to be the final cover because I really love the cover.
1: Oh yeah, that is the final cover. And as a true Tiki file, you responded to it in exactly the way I hoped people would. Cause you know, that's the world that you and I and everybody's listening to this lives in. Mm-hmm. um You know, we just love stuff from that era. And um, there were about six or seven um, proposed covers and, that was the last one, and when I saw that one, I was like, "Yes, Eureka!" You know, because uh, Jeanette, the cover artist, just totally got what we like. You know, that sort of mid-century vibe, illustrated vibe.
0: It reminds Glad me. Like it. it reminds me a lot of the books that I checked out, at, at, you know, as a kid at, from the library. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I loved right.
1: it. Oh, perfect! No, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because I, I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Now, in in this book. Um, You talk about there's some really colorful characters in the Caribbean. Sloppy Joe, I guess, from from Cuba, right, I think?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just this guy who ran um, a corner bodega, just a little grocery store with um, a deli counter. And he had a bar set up, you know, just basically a plank of wood over two uh, two, um, wooden cargo crates. And um, the seating was just other, like, you know, wood crates. And just when Prohibition happened, overnight it became the place where every American went, and basically because of the name. I mean, it was called Sloppy Joe's, and it just sounded like this, you know, American name in Havana, <laughs> a city that nobody in the States would have gone to if it wasn't for Prohibition. You know, they just wanted a drink, and it was 90 miles from Florida. And, you know, where are you going to go? Oh, here's, you know, Are you going to go to the Floridita? Are you going to go to the Nacional? are you going to no, know you're going to go to sloppy joe's you know because it sounds like an american bar and and he was inundated he expanded to like twice his size he had 11 bartenders working at the same time um and there were like sometimes riots of people trying to get in
0: oh my god um, And
1: he was just this little guy this little stoop-shouldered guy um you know who um just just sort of rolled with it um so his story is pretty interesting and and before him, you know, you, of course, you had pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, pirates drinking rum in the Caribbean, which is uh, always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun to research. Took a long time. There was one pirate named William Dampier who was like the first pirate to actually publish a book about um, sort of like uh, New World Indians and flora and fauna, and actually included recipes of native drinks. And this was in sixteen. Uh, 16- 97, I think he wrote the book, Um, you know, he was active in the 1680s, a pirate for 12 years, went back to England, wrote a book and became famous and, uh, you know, kissed the Queen's hand and (laughs) got a a commission in the Royal Navy and was the first Englishman to set foot in Australia. And um, he had some interesting, interesting drink recipes in there as well. Um, But my favorite guy, though, I mean, well, of course, Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic, and then mm-hmm. let's get right to the chase. I mean, Chapter 5 is basically how these guys discovered their entire mixo- mixology style in the Caribbean. If it wasn't for the Caribbean, there probably wouldn't be any tiki drinks, because basically what I learned is that tiki drinks are just Caribbean drinks, you know, kind of squared or cubed, mm-hmm. uh, just made more complex and more, um, you know, and more dimensionalized by having different ingredients. But, you know, Don the Beachcomber, when he was a teenager – sailed into uh the caribbean with his grandfather on his yacht went to haiti and havana and jamaica and learned about you know planter's punch and trader Vic went to havana and learned about how to make the daiquiri and they both went home and basically created tiki culture as we know it so that's the, that's probably the longest chapter in the book mm. and just deals with their their like uh adventures down there um and another really cool guy i mean when you Think of, like, the three most famous tiki drinks. Okay? You think of the zombie, which we'll talk about in a bit. Don the Beachcomber invented that one. You think of the Mai Tai Trader Vic invented that one. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Suffering Bastard. And who invented that one? I mean, that was a big question in everybody's mind. I mean, the, And it finally came out that this guy named Joe Shalom invented it. And he's Chapter 6 in the book because he's basically um, an Egyptian bartender. He worked in Cairo for years and years and years, and then got kicked out of that country during the Suez crisis when they thought he was a spy, just because there were so many regulars at his bar who were journalists or diplomats or ambassadors or generals, and he spoke eight languages, so everybody was very suspicious of him. So they (laughs) threw him out of Egypt, and then he ended up in um, Puerto Rico and Cuba and kind of invented a new kind of Caribbean mixology down there. Um just in time for Castro to kick him out of Havana. so he was like going from revolution to revolution and creating all these pretty cool drinks and he's a pretty interesting guy as well. so yeah lots lots and lots of um, lots and lots of characters in there.
0: It sounds like it's gonna be a really fun fun read i i, I um I have read and reread uh, you know of course the uh, the uh, Sippin' Safari, which was a lot of fun to read because, you know, it's, it's the cocktail recipes are fun, but it's also fun to dig into the background of some of these people and where this stuff comes from. It's really fascinating stuff.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Sippin' because um, Sippin' is the same template for this book. It's mm-hmm. basically, you know, the chapters with text and the recipes are just sidebars. I mean, the stories are really the thing. Um, this Potions of the Caribbean was originally going to be Chapter 8 of Sip and Safari. Oh. I was just going kind to of try to cram all this stuff into one chapter. Um, you know, after we talked about the Mai Kai in Chapter 7, I was just going to go down to Cuba and Jamaica and, and do that and just realize that there was just way, way too much stuff to do that. So it became its own book uh, five years later, <laughs> actually more than five years
0: huh? Well, I'm glad because this book really... If you forgive the pun, it has wet my appetite. The the thing you sent me, I'm dying to to read this book. So it looks. Of
1: course, I forgive it. You know, I have a weakness for puns. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> Let's get down to the to the dark, the dark side of everything here. Since the zombie is just just like the mai tai, it's it's one of those drinks everybody knows of a zombie, and uh, yeah. And I'll, and I'll tell you a little sidebar, uh, me and a couple of friends got together, and we mixed every recipe of the zombie that you had in your books <laughs> to try. Wow. And, and we, we did them side by side, and we taste tested them to see which ones were different and which, which ones we liked. And every single zombie recipe was different. You know, yeah. none, none of them really taste uh, you know like a slight variation on the other some are quite different and i remember at a at a at a seminar you were talking about uh how how don the beachcomber who invented the zombie was always tinkering with his drinks
1: yeah well um just like the mai tai there's a million crappy versions of the drink out there and for the same reason that uh, the, what, how it happened with the mai tai, I and mean, basically Trader Vic kept the mai tai a closely guarded secret for many, many years, until he revealed it in the 1970s. So anybody who wanted to put a mai tai on their menu, and everybody did because it was so popular, just guessed at it. You know, you had mai tais that were just pineapple juice and rum, or grenadine and orange juice, and, all, and just totally wide of the mark.
0: I've even had one. I've even had one with guava in it.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, it, it man. was it was a yeah.
0: Chinese restaurant and they it had guava and dark rum and something else i mean it wasn't bad but it was definitely was not a mai tai
1: yeah yeah i know man i mean i've had like blue ones red ones <laughs> just uh all over the map but the zombie was the zombie suffered even worse cuz like you said some of these fake mai tais aren't bad i mean i've had chinese restaurant mai tais that were just perfectly fine you know mm-hmm. but with the zombie I've never had a good one in like drinking in Tiki bars for like, I don't know, since I first could start drinking back when snakes walked in like 1980. um, (laughs) I just I just never had a good one. They were always just like it was a crap drink, you know, and um, and I always wondered how could this have been the most famous Tiki drink? Because it was it was the first famous Tiki drink and it kind of put Tiki on the map. And it just became in 1934 when Don invented it and put it in his bar. It just sort of took the country by storm. It was kind of the cosmopolitan of its day. Radio comedians would make jokes about how strong it was, and um, travel writers would say how the first thing you had to do when you got out got into Union Station in L.A. was get a taxi to the beachcomber and have a zombie. It was like a rite of passage for tourists. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was comic book covers had um, you know comics with zombies in them, and. In World War II, there was a zombie nose conard on bombers. Um, It was just everywhere for years and years and years, and it really did fuel the tiki craze. So my thinking was it had to have been a good drink, right? It couldn't all have been hype, (laughs) Uh, but I, I never, ever had a good one. And the one I put in the grog log, which was just this anonymous recipe that I found it. I mean, that wasn't any good, but I put it in because I had to have a zombie in there, just like mm-hmm. restaurants probably did. Well, we have to have a zombie in the menu. Let's just throw a bunch of rums in a glass and see what happens. Yeah. So I'd almost entirely given up on it. Um, and long story short, I mean, I go into the whole story in safaris. There's a whole chapter about the zombie and how I sort of stumbled on the original recipe. But it took about 10 years to find the original recipe, and it finally happened uh, when this very kind wonderful lady named Jennifer Santiago gave me her dad's little Donna Beachcomber recipe book and this was like a little literally a little black book about the size of a little tiny address book that he carried around in his shirt pocket and it had all of Don's recipes from the 1930s in it oh. that's when he worked at that's when he worked at Don the Beach Cummer. so he had not you know he had the secret knowledge he had the little grimoire in his pocket and she um you know he had passed away years ago but um through the magic of the internet, I met uh, Jennifer. Actually it was Otto von Stroheim who put it together from uh, Tiki Oasis. Mm-hmm. Oh. And yes, yeah, so thanks to Otto I met Jennifer and thanks to Jennifer she gave me a Xerox of his book and there was the original nineteen thirty four zombie recipe right there. Uh, um, the problem was I couldn't make it because it was in code. Oh. Because um, Don had put Don was so paranoid about people stealing his recipes And rightly so, because people would steal them, open up bars and become his competition. So he eventually put his recipes in code so that all the new bartenders he hired, as far as they knew, like a a zombie had a half an ounce of like spices number one and and, uh, another uh, dash of like number eight or number four. He just numbered all his bottles. Or he had code words like Marquesa, like a bottle of Marquesa. Like, what the hell is that? And, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Syrup Parisien was another one, and uh, Munroloff. Munroloff. Eventually, you could figure out if you hold it up to a mirror. That's Polernum spelled backwards.
0: That's brilliant. But, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Munroloff wasn't that hard to figure out, but but this little book was littered with things like that, like these code names, and it's like it's driving me nuts. And fortunately, I. I Through just sheer luck, I lived in Los Angeles. Was like you know, was kind of raised there, and Mm -hmm. went to school there, and hung out there at the TGT and all the other restaurants there. Only because I lived in LA, I would eventually you know, every once in a while, meet these old timers who were still working. Um, And there was one guy named Bob Esnino who was like pushing eighty when I met him. He was living in um, Huntington Beach, and you know, long since retired. Bamboo Ben actually introduced me to him, and. And he used to work at the Kanteiki restaurant chain uh, huh? in the '60s, and I asked him, like, "Hey, you know, uh, Mr. Osmino, have you ever heard of Spices Number Four, or, or Don's Mix, or any of that stuff?" And and he told me exactly what everything was, and oh. um, and so like this was like years, a couple of years after I got this recipe, and I'd just been sitting with it every night. I mean, it's like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> um, and he told me, oh, yeah, number four. I remember that. That was a cinnamon syrup. So it was like, boom, all right, let's go make a zombie. And, and I made it, and it was fantastic. And it was like, okay, now I get it. Now I understand why there were newspaper articles and radio shows and um, all kinds of stuff devoted to this drink and why it was so popular. Well, and I put that recipe in Sip and Safari with um, a bunch of other variations, as you know. And um, And since then, it's sort of like taken off, and now you can actually go have an original 1934 zombie in tiki bars around the world, which is extremely cool.
0: Same here. I had never really had a zombie that was any good, so I never really tried many. And, and I we mixed that one, actually, when we did our whole zombie smorgasbord, I would call it. Needless to say, we did not drink them all. We only We only did them through straws because we would have gotten trashed.
1: But <laughs> I was going to say that would have been a memorable. Well, no, not a memorable night. You wouldn't have been able to remember anything. No,
0: we we actually got a buzz just by drinking out of the straws. It uh, by you know taking a little out of the straw. It.
1: Which one? Uh, which one was your favorite? Do you remember?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I I like fairly dry drinks, so the thirty four was very good. But it it did remind me a lot of almost um, of that kind of thirties. Prohibitionish kind of, I don't, where they had more dry cocktails back then, very boozy. I liked that, but I really liked the, um, I don't have it in front of me. Is it the 50 or the 56? Oh,
1: the 1950, the one with passion fruit and lemon and lime.
0: I, be- um. I believe so. I, that one was probably probably just barely edged out the 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 34 but i did like the 34 because it was much drier and it really did feature the flavors of the of the rum i i thought a little bit more
1: yeah it's um it's it's really rum forward in a, in a good way um and um probably my favorite too i mean i, I do like the 1950s it's a very refreshing drink mm mm-hmm. Goes down really easy, yeah. But 34. I don't know. Maybe I just like it because I'm prejudiced. Because it took so damn long to find out what was in it. <laughs> but um,
0: <laughs> it's a very complex taste as well.
1: Yeah, and it's just that little bit of cinnamon syrup. You'd never know what the hell it was. I mean, if nobody told you what it was, you'd never be able to pick it out. I mean, I certainly would never have been able to.
0: So, so tell tell me the story now. i I've, I've heard I've heard the story about how the zombie came to be, but. Get, you want to tell it? And yeah, then... there's
1: two stories, um, and one I think is more likely than the other. And, and I'll I'll tell you the the most famous one first is uh, the, the way Don used to tell it, uh, because of, of course lots of people wanted to know how he came up with the drink because it was just so damn famous. And what he used to say is that there was a hungover businessman who came into his bar in Hollywood shortly after he opened it. And, um, the guy said, yeah, I have a really important business meeting later today. You got to help me out. I just don't feel good. I just need to, I I need something. So Don just like whipped up this drink and gave it to him. And the guy drank it and, um, went off to his meeting and, um, he came back the next afternoon and Don said, how'd the meeting go? How'd you feel? He goes, I don't know what the hell you did to me. I, I I just felt like the living dead. I just felt like you made a zombie out of me. And Don called the drink, the zombie. Uh, but it did incidentally get him through the meeting because it was hair of the dog. You know, that's kind of what he needed. Um, that's the story that sort of got around and and was sort of like the accepted thing. The interesting thing is I have an old Don the Beachcomber menu from 1941. Um, at least that's when the copyright is on it. It might be later. But the back of the menu uh, actually talks about the zombie uh, because it was his most famous drink. And, and what the back of the menu says is that Don went through like about eight cases of rum experimenting to create this, quote, mender of broken dreams, unquote, um, so that you can enjoy it here in our bar. So eight cases of rum, I mean, you're not going to do that in an afternoon for a drunk businessman. It, it, obviously, he spent some time on it. I and mean, I think that's the more likely story. He probably just spent weeks and weeks and weeks. As you said, he was a tinkerer. Uh, and he did tinker. And that wasn't the last iteration of the zombie, as we've also hinted at. Um, he just kept monkeying with it. He kept changing it over the years. And part of the reason might have been to stay one step ahead of his competitors. Like if they figured out what was in it, he'd just change the recipe. So so their recipe wouldn't be what he was serving. That might have been the case. I think the other case is he probably was just had a bit of obsessive compulsive disorder, just couldn't leave his drinks alone. <laughs>
0: Kind of like George Lucas with Star Wars, right?
1: Yeah, he kept doing the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, God help us if there was CGI for drinks because he would have completely gone in and repainted everything. The
0: the uh, they also had a limit. Was there always a limit on the number you could order at Don's?
1: Yes, there were. You could only have two to a customer. That was right there on the menu. And Don was very smart about that. I mean, he he did that um, deliberately to get men to drink tiki drinks because (laughs) the drinks were basically – the drinks first became popular with women. They were considered, you know, not to be sexist or anything, but this is what it was like in the 30s. They were were basically chick drinks. Mm -hmm. Um, They were very fruity and colorful, and they had beautiful garnishes. You know, a gardenia, uh, an orchid, um, or, you know, mint, a little ice cone, all this kind of stuff. And in the 1930s, like, no two-fisted, red-blooded American male was going to drink anything like that. I mean, the only ex- the only um, accepted drink for, a, like, a, a true, like, macho, you know, double-breasted suit-wearing guy was, was a slug of whiskey, or maybe if you were an upper-class toff, a martini. Mm-hmm. So Don... Um, got women to come into the bar with the, by offering these drinks. And of course, he got the men to come in because they came in looking for the women. Um, and this was his quote, and this is what he was doing. Um, but then once he had the men in there, he wanted them to spend more money. Um, you know, a, a slug of whiskey isn't going to cost as much as a missionary's downfall or a, a puka punch or, um, or anything like that. So, how do you get dudes to drink these drinks? And it, he basically offered them like this challenge. Um, you cannot drink more than two of these drinks because they're too powerful. They will defeat you. So all every guy in the bar was gonna, said, okay, I'm going to climb Macho Mountain. I can. I, these drinks will not defeat me. I'll order two, and then I'll make you make me another one. Um, you know, that two-drink limit was a little tongue-in-cheek thing, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Don made lots of money off of guys who ordered a third zombie. And it worked. I mean, it, um, guys started drinking these, like, foo-foo tropical drinks, and Don followed it up in the 40s with more – kind of more macho manly tropicals like the Navy Grog, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty manly sounding and, uh, drinks like that. So, um, well, so, yeah. I, so two to a customer.
0: I can imagine, uh, just two, two drinks and staggering out of there. I, I couldn't imagine how anybody could do three because those have a shot and a half of one fifty one in addition to another, what, three or so ounces of, of, of other Yeah. Rums. It's, um,
1: it's, it's uh, three ounces of 80-proof rum, <clears throat> a mixture, and then an ounce of 151 rum. So you're you're basically looking at about five shots of rum.
0: In a single and drink.
1: You, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I mean I can't drink more than two of those. That puts me out on the table. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely my limit. But in the 1930s, I think they just drank so often. Like, they just drank all the time, but they probably had a much better capacity back then. For this sort
0: of thing, mm-hmm. and and uh, up until dawn, it, the 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 drinks typically were just straight booze, weren't they? With very little added, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the
1: class yeah, the, the classic pre-prohibition cocktail during the so-called golden age of cocktails, from like the 1860s up through prohibition. Um yeah those were very boozy drinks. They are what you call uh, brown and stirred drinks, you yeah know, like an old fashioned <laughs> um or a Manhattan, you know which is it just all booze and Manhattan is just like you know whiskey and vermouth, and old fashioned is just basically whiskey and a little sugar and bitters uh, and then you had the martini, which was just all gin with some um vermouth in there, so yeah they were very very boozy short hoists um I mean you had some punches and some. Um, you know, he had drinks like the sangaree or the uh, cobbler, which had fruit juice in them. But, uh, but they were, you know, pre-prohibition drinks were just basically very boozy. And um, tropical punches, yeah. I mean, during the golden age, they they made planters punches and they made, um, you know, uh, there was a proto daiquiri called a Santa Cruz sour and things like that. But it was, really took dawn to put tropical drinks on the map in the U.S. Um, Definitely, uh, after Prohibition, he introduced a whole new style of drinking. And also, part of the reason why it was so successful is during Prohibition, people started putting a lot more fruit juice into their drinks because they had to mask the taste of really bad um, you know, of bootleg booze.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, bathtub, bathtub gin went down a lot easier if you just put a bunch of orange juice in it. So.
0: <laughs> Makes um, sense.
1: So people, Yeah, so people got used to that. They got used to drinking uh, more fruit-juicy drinks, and they were ready for what he was doing
0: that that's that's just fascinating to me i i love all those stories and especially the zombie stories uh both of those stories of how the zombie came to be are um both of them are fascinating i think they both equally are quite interesting uh, one thing i i heard and i don't I, I might have actually heard it from one of your seminars but uh howard hughes used to frequent dons right and he got yeah, sloshed was a regular <laughs> how, uh,
1: not only was howard hughes a regular of dons and he loved dons he took most of his women there, and he had a lot of women. Um, you know, this, He took Ava Gardner there mm-hmm. and, um, God, who knows how many others. But, um, and in fact, if you read, like, actresses' autobiographies, I mean, John the Beastcomers and Howard Hughes pops up in, like, tons of them. Um, not only was he a regular, he actually was arrested for running over and killing a pedestrian after spending a long night at Don's. He was, like, driving back to Malibu and just – knocked into somebody and he of course he was very rich and very powerful and used his connections and he didn't he never did any time but there actually are some old uh, you know uh, mug shots and clippings of him having after the night he did that wow. so uh, yeah he must have availed himself of a zombie or two. yeah I mean this is a Halloween show and I, I just think the it's not Halloween if you're if you're over 21 you're not really experiencing Halloween if you're not drinking a zombie Let's I agree. face it I agree. You know, if you're not, you know, I mean, the only excuse you have for not drinking one is if you're fighting one. That's all I got to say.
0: <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, uh, Jeff, it has been wonderful talking to you. The book that's coming out is Potions of the Caribbean, or Caribbean, however you say it, some people say. Yeah,
1: Potions of the Caribbean. Okay. Um, it will be um, published on December 10th, but you can pre order a copy. Now, uh, by going onto the Cocktail Kingdom website, or you go onto the Beach Bum Berry website, and mm-hmm. I plaster it all over there, so that'll tell you how to order it. And uh, by the time uh, November rolls around, it, sh- it might be available on Amazon, um, which is probably like a little cheaper on shipping and everything. But if you want to pre-order your copy now, make sure you get it as a Christmas gift or something. Just go to CocktailKingdom.com or to the BeachBumBerry.com site.
0: Fantastic, and now. You, you've you made me want to go home and mix up a zombie tonight, which I think I will.
1: Um, <laughs> um, me too, man. I'm thirsty. Okay. So, uh, so
0: here, here's, here's to you, and thanks for talking to uh, me. Cheers. Well, uh,
1: cheers and aloha. Hacola Maluna.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed our zombie episode. That was a lot of fun. I want to thank Jeff Bumberry for joining us here in the Quiet Village, as well as Eric October and Manuel And, of course, you all for listening and writing in. want to remind you that you can go to The Quiet Village at any time by going to digitiki.com as well as visiting The Quiet Village 24-7, streaming from digitiki.com, Quiet Village Radio. Also, want to remind you that you can get the recipe for the 1934 zombie as well as Eric's and Manuel's Queen of the Zombies recipe at digitiki.com. Until next time, aloha and happy Halloween. Well, I'd love to say that my Mai Tai is empty uh-huh. and you've come to the end of another episode, but my liver is swollen and I don't think I can fit any more alcohol, even though we've only done little tiny little, that's a lot of booze.
3: Our zombie glasses are far from empty.
0: (laughs) Far from empty.
3: (laughs) But in order to not become zombies ourselves, we must not.
0: And it's after midnight on top of that.